Happy Friday, sisters. Welcome back to Come Sis With Me, the podcast, a movement fueled by the heart of women with a desire to experience genuine community that uplifts, empowers, and strengthens one another on one common ground. Yep, sisterhood. I'm your host, Mia, and I realize that I could write like these eloquent speeches that persuade you to come into the goodness that is sisterhood only to have someone that has even more eloquence and influence talk you right out of it. So I decided today that instead of going with the prepared outline that I had, that I would just let my heart lead me in whatever direction um, that it led, that it led, that it would lead me. And so today I am before you really thinking about this message that I heard in church uh, a week before last. And the preacher was preaching about humility versus pride. And the most influential part to me was hearing his reminder to the congregation that we're not the star of the show. And it was a play on seeing God as like the main character and us as the supporting cast. And even if you don't have a relationship with God, it still helps you put into perspective how many times this very thing goes wrong in sisterhood and also in your friendships. That one person starts to become the star of the show, or at least it feels like that person becomes the star of the show. And even with this podcast, like I go back, I went back and forth about how much I was going to share about my journey to get to this podcast. But even as the host of this show, I'm not the main character. I don't even want to be seen as the star of the show because my goal in this was to get to a point where the community that we build here is the actual star. But the reason why I bring all of this up to you is it led me to thinking about how self-sabotage is a real thing in sisterhood. It's a real thing in relationships, period, but it's really big in sisterhood. Um, And the reason why I say that is because self-sabotage, sabotage in any relationship is when you have these unconscious or even conscious (laughs) um, thoughts about how and find ways on how to get out of a relationship or never, or sometimes not even get into a relationship. Your behaviors, your thoughts, um, all of those things play together so that you sabotage a relationship either during or while it's just beginning or even to the point where it doesn't begin at all. And it's, it's really based on, it could be based on a multitude of things. It could be based on a fear of being intimate A fear of abandonment, a fear of being rejected, um, trauma, trust issues, poor self-esteem, unrealistic expectations. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into self-sabotaging behavior. And I'm only saying this from this level of authority because, hello, people, I am a woman and I've been in relationships with other women and I am in this community of sisterhood and I'm talking about come sis with me. Like I'm not immune to the things that I'm talking about. So I have kind of a front row seat on this. So I figure I just share 
my heart on this. Um, because I know how deep that pain, the pain that's behind self-sabotaging behaviors um, runs. I'll give you a story. A couple of years ago, I was in a really um, deep relationship with another woman who, I mean, you could not, you could not tell us apart at some time, at times. Um, and when that relationship ended, it really made it hard for me to open up and want to engage with other women the way that I had engaged with her. Now, I had friends during her and before her that were easy to, to navigate, right? I knew those relationships, but I'm talking about new women are women who we knew together. It was hard for me to trust those women. And so I would do things like purposely not return phone calls or messages or emails or texts um, and keep myself from getting into a place that was too, what's the word? <sighs> too exposing. <laughs> is the best word that I could probably use. I didn't want to be vulnerable because I had a fear of being abandoned or rejected again. Now, I don't know her side of the story and I don't know why the, the relationship ended, but I do know that my side left me with hurt and this overwhelming sense of sadness at times even to the point where today I get emotional talking about it because it hurt. And for a long time, instead of me saying it hurt, I was angry and upset. And I used that to be overly, overly critical of other women and other potential relationships that I could get in to with these women. So what self-sabotaging behavior looks like in sisterhood is you're being overly critical. It comes from a place of pride versus humility, right? Like um, looking at someone and immediately casting a judgment that they wouldn't be what you need them to be in a relationship. Or it could look like you always looking for something to confirm what you already, your negative belief patterns, right? Your negative pattern of thinking so like you can always have exit up, oh, see, so-and-so, I knew she was going to be like that. Let me hit the door while I can, because God forbid I give too much or I get too much. I put too much at stake here or invest too much. And then at the end of it, I'm hurt again, right? Or it's conscious or subconscious behaviors that cause you, um, that cause issues, right? Or, or at least they don't encourage a deeper relationship. It's, it's like you just don't try. Um, and that could be subconsciously or consciously that you try or you don't try. Um, and this, is, this isn't this is just in relationships with other people. This shows up, I mean, self-sabotaging behavior shows up in all relationships. And you really have to be mindful and notice your interactions or lack thereof. Um, and ask yourself, why? Why am I doing this? Why am I in this position? Why do I 
you know, look overlook some of the people and the the women who God is placing in my life to be to help me move into this place with someone who can be a source of hope for me. Um, so I know not everyone who listens to me is a Christian and you don't have to be, but the Bible is just a really good book to read. Even if you're not religious or you're not looking for a relationship with God, because I mean, it's entertaining <laughs> for some of us, but one of the, the stories um, that really like touches my heart and really brings sisterhood home for me is the story of Ruth and Naomi. I am not going to cry today, but I might. Ugh, I already feel like the tears are, are, are like bubbling up. Anyway, Ruth and Naomi is a passionate story about sisterhood to me. Like to others, it means reconciliation. It could be all of these things. But let me just give you a quick rundown. Ruth, Ruth is Naomi's family, technically. Um, she was married to Naomi's, one of her sons who died. Um, Naomi's husband also died. And uh, the other son that was married to her other daughter-in-law, Orpah, also died. So Naomi and Ruth are the only two people left out of their really small, like little family right? Also, on top of that, Naomi and Ruth, uh, or Naomi, is in a land that her husband made her move to that is not her homeland. She's basically a foreigner in that land, but because she's been there so long, I mean, that's her home. Well, one day after all of the grief of losing all of her her family members, except for Ruth and Oprah, she's like, listen, I'm done. I'm going back home um, because I'm just you know, I'm overwhelmed with grief and there's really nothing left for me here. And Orpah was like, yeah, you know, I love you. Okay, well, let me start here. Orpah and Ruth both were like, no, we're not going to let you go by yourself. And Naomi tried to sabotage the resources that she had by forcing them to stay in their land while she goes back home. So at first, Ruth and Orpah were going to stay with her. And then Orpah was like, oh, okay, you're right. You know, right. Like, I'm going to go. So she kissed her, left. And then Ruth was like, or yes, Ruth was like, no, I'm going to stay with you. Don't urge me to leave you. Don't tell me to turn back from you. I'm going to go where you go. I'm going to love who you love. Your people are going to be my people. Your God's going to be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. Those words are so, those words are so moving to me. Why? Because grief and isolation are a normal, uh, isolation is a normal response to grief. Okay. And so Naomi tried to sabotage the resources that she had in Ruth by sending her away because the grief was so overwhelming for her because the things that she had already lost seemed, seemed like it was just too much for her to bear. And I'm sure at some, at one point she was probably like, listen, I'm so tired of losing people that I don't even want Ruth around me or Orpah around me because if I lose them, that's another person that I now have to grieve. I told y'all I'm not going to cry. <laughs> um, 
So she was sabotaging the resource that she had in, in Ruth and missing, almost missing her opportunity of having this source of hope, of having this person who's not a stranger to her in a foreign land. That's what sisterhood looks like. A healthy sisterhood is so that you and this other woman aren't strangers in a foreign land because you are, because you both have been through maybe a trauma or you both have been through a situation that's been incredibly hard. Ruth lost someone just as, just as much as Naomi did. And Naomi was too focused inwardly on herself. She was too um, focused on the things that were going on around her. Not saying that that is horrible, right? It's normal. It's a normal reaction to, to losing something. But fear was allowed to set in. And so that fear caused her to force, try to force these women away from her so that she would be a stranger going back to her own land because she did not live there for many years. Like at this point, she had had kids and now kids that were able to be married at an age of being married. So she had left her homeland a long time ago and her returning home would have taken some transitional time, right? You, you don't, when you, I don't know if you're familiar with moving from place to place, place to place, but I am. <laughs> and even when I come home in from nine months of being overseas, that first couple weeks of coming home is a huge transition for me. And by the grace of God, like I have women and um, sisters who are able to make that transition easy for me. Like one of the things that my sisters often do is they give me space because <laughs> I, I can get overwhelmed um, socially, right? Like there's, I, I just read something about like these seven, these seven different areas of rest that we need and rest isn't just sleeping. Right. So they don't just allow me the chance to sleep, but they're giving me an opportunity to settle and rest socially. Like Mia, I know you've been through a lot, even um, um, sensory, right? So sensory rest. Like I know that you've traveled a lot. You've, you've, you've experienced all of these different places and things and you're moving from one country to another, you know, settle in and give me a call when you're ready. Right. Um, I love that about my friends. I love that about my community, how they, they really don't. And some of them are used to it because they are actually in the same lifestyle, but they are, it makes me feel like I'm not a stranger in my homeland, right? Like I have women who are my neighbors and I don't have to do it alone. They're a source of hope for me that, yeah, this week may be really hard, but next week is probably going to be great, right? Like, and even if it's not, I still have them available to be that source for me. Well, Naomi tried to sabotage it. I mean, that was the point of me telling you the story was she tried to sabotage it. Um, and I realized in reading this and even wanting to share this with you today that I just recently had a situation like this. I, the... I have to have to give like a huge kudos to um, a new friend in my life who helped even just spark this podcast to start. Um, I have to share that more in detail one day. I don't know. I don't know if I'm really to, like ready to to give 
all of that right now because it's so sweet and tender to me um, that I just want to, I think I want to love on it a little bit more before I like present my baby to the world. But I wouldn't write this, this woman or like try too hard because I didn't want her to think that there was an ulterior motive in wanting to get to know her better. And that's a form of self-sabotage. That's pride that thinking that, because <laughs> pride isn't just thinking too high of yourself. It's thinking too low of yourself too. So it was pride thinking like I was too low to be wanted or even accepted as this girl's first sister, right? And then potentially friend, right? It's a form of self-sabotage because she has this huge following. Women love her. I mean, I went to one of her shows and women were crying. And I was like, okay, you're like, Jesus, <laughs> to these people. <laughs> um, And it just, it threw me off. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to stress her out if she can text me, she could text me, right? But I was like, wait a minute. I'm I'm worthy of this. Like I could I'm worthy of being this girl's sister and friend, right? If she allows it. And even if she doesn't, right? Okay, fine. Then now I know the answer. But my self-sabotaging unconsciously was saying to her at least, right, that I'm unavailable. Right. And, and, and so instead of having this vulnerability to me and even sharing this, I didn't even share this with her. I, I'll share it with her afterwards. So she doesn't have to hear it on the podcast, but uh, like this, even like sharing that part of myself with her is allowing her into this space of vulnerability with me. And so I'm telling you guys this because I, I'm sharing my heart. I have just started attending a kickboxing class with a bunch of women. And at first I didn't feel comfortable. Like I was like, I hate having, I hate not having a certain look to me. Um, like I hate being overweight at this time in my life. And so I was really enjoying going to the gym by myself. Um, and just really having, you know, that time to myself, understanding my body, getting more comfortable with my body. But in the uncomfortability, I forced myself to keep going. And then they offered this 21-day challenge. And I was like, uh, okay, I'll join the challenge. And I realized, or I realize now, what I enjoy most about being in this challenge isn't, isn't like getting better and having this motivation come from everyone else. Like my motivation is really being with a group of women who at times are literally fighting for their lives. And so it causes like this sense of responsibility in me to show up for not only myself, but to show up for them. <laughs> and Sometimes what we do is we sabotage ourselves. We sabotage the ability to show up and be that source of hope for other women because we don't feel comfortable in the moment or because we have been hurt in the past, right? Okay, well, I said I wasn't going to cry, but I guess that was a lie. <laughs> 
Okay. I've read so many like things about how to have a successful podcast. Crying was not on them. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm definitely not going to delete this though. Cause I just took way up way too much time recording it. So you're just going to get this piece of me. Peripherally. You love it. Um, but I had to ask myself, I had to have these, this mirror session, um, and ask myself, why am I uncomfortable? What are some of the habitual responses that I have towards being in a group of women that could cause this? Like, what is triggering this? Why am I acting like this? Um, and we all have these blind spots and sometimes it's best to ask someone else to help you with this and help you identify an area that you often overlook. So I asked my husband, because I at the time I didn't know who else to be vulnerable with, but I was like, what do you think some of my blind spots are? And he and you know, like he shared that sometimes you can be overly negative and critical of yourself. And you expend extend all this grace and thankfulness towards other people and you don't do that to yourself. Well, the opposite is true too. Like sometimes we can be overly neg- negative and critical of other women. And we lack this grace and thankfulness to be in community with them and to just find joy in the journey along the way of sisterhood. One of the things that I hear often is that they, that women have an issue with other women and their resolution isn't to stop having relationships with all women, right? It's figuring out why you have the issue in the first place. What's the underlying issue so that that can be addressed so that you don't live life with this secular negative response to relationships with women by just not having them, right? Um, I recognize through like pushing this 21 day challenge and seeing like how motivating it was to show up for other women who are fighting for their lives, right? How one of my my underlying traits that I really love about myself is that I go hard for other people. (laughs) Sometimes harder for them than I go for myself. Like I'm really good at completing projects and tasks for other people, but doing something for myself sometimes is a, is a challenge. And guess what? Sisterhood helped me uncover that. (laughs) Like, I work better when my why is for others. And that doesn't mean, like, that's not a negative thing. It can be if you don't recognize it, right? If it becomes a blind spot. But when I took the, when I did this mirror session, and that's not even a real term, but mirror, like you look in the mirror, so you're asking yourself questions. Think of it that way. Like when I did that mirror session, I realized like, girl, you need to be just as graceful and thankful of the time that you have with yourself so that you can be strengthened in that way and be even stronger, even be a a deeper source of hope for our stronger sense of hope for the women who you come alongside as their sister. Right. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but (laughs) so yeah, a mirror session. Um, Some of the ways that you can recognize self-sabotaging behaviors is if you do have this overly critical response to someone else or to yourself in a situation, right? So think of the example that I gave you with kickboxing. 
I was overly critical of what I look like. And these women are not even looking at me. They could care less. They're coming in there huffing and puffing just like I am. Dreading uh, Stacy, who's one of the... <laughs> she's one of the uh, um, kickboxing instructors. And I mean, she killed us on Monday. And I came back Tuesday and she was there unexpectedly. And I was just like, uh... But, right, like, these, the same thought that I had when I first came in there was... Oh no, Stacy is the instructor. These women were not caring about what I had on, what I look like, my little pouch, poochy pouch in the front. Like they could care less, right? They're thinking the same thing I'm thinking. Why is Stacy here on Tuesday when it's supposed to be someone else's class? <laughs> that when you're overly critical, you are discounting the ability to find joy or to have joy in this journey. Uh, self-sabotaging behaviors, judging others, right? Little judgy, Judge Judy over there, right? Um, that you just have this opinion about everything and everybody and your perspective is right. Um, that's self-sabotaging. You don't even get the opportunity to learn or grow because you're not willing to hear what someone else has to offer. Record self-sabotaging behavior, um, not recognizing that it is you versus someone else, right? It's always them. It's them, it's them, it's them. Listen, if it's always them, ma'am, you are the problem. It can't be always them. It's never always them. It's never always them. Okay, I'm saying that over and over again because it's kind of like I need to hear that too sometimes because you're, you're not alone. When I tell you I'm not the authority on this, I just have been through multiple experiences that have given me an opportunity to grow. And instead of me missing the boat on the growth, uh, missing the ride on the growth boat, I jumped on it. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to learn from this too, right? Oh, notice your interaction or lack thereof, right? Self-sabotaging behavior is um, you not wanting to engage or not willing to engage. Um, are engaging in a in a way that would cause someone else it would make it really hard for someone else to be genuine and authentic with you like ask yourself why your behavior is what it is i guess i'm i'm saying like this is what self sabotaging behavior is but it's also a way of you being able to pick out and um recognize when this is a thing and when it's not and what you can do about it kind of mixing the two <sighs> i feel like you guys needed to hear my heart on this issue today um because it's so easy to get stuck in this cycle it's so easy to be stuck in this fear of being intimate with other women um, because of things that have happened in the past, right? It's easy to do that. And I haven't, I haven't for a long time recognized how limiting my behaviors were towards not just women, but towards myself, 
because of a failed relationship or a a a hurtful relationship and how that wasn't just a factor in my relationships with others or even my relationship with myself but in the relationship that I had with my creative self with my creative mind because literally halted so many things in my life and not until this week that I realized that I've overcome yes I've overcome in multiple ways but there's still so much more to work out right this podcast is just one step to me overcoming the sadness of that relationship um to help you overcome the sadness in your relationships to help you overcome these negative patterns of thinking so that you're not always looking for an exit in relationships or you're not creating these unrealistic expectations based on hurt right but you're creating it based on something healthy and loving and kind um and it's not based on poor self-esteem but on a positive self-esteem and self-outlook right it's based on grace and thankfulness and the joy that you find in being in relation with other women hmm. yeah so i pray that touched you today your heart your mind your soul i hope i pray that you recognize like how powerful we are as women and not just women in certain positions and roles but just women period let, let me read you this quote i read it years ago um but i love it and there's a curse word in it but i'm not gonna say it <laughs> the quotes by william golding and he says I think women are foolish to pretend they are equal to men. They are far superior and always have been. Whatever you give a woman, she will make greater. You give her sperm, she makes a baby. You give her a house, she turns it into a home. You give her groceries, she makes a meal. You smile at her, she gives you a heart. She multiplies and enlarges whatever is given to her. So if you give her any crap, be ready to receive a ton of S-H-I-T. I love that quote. Not because like it puts us, you know, superior to men, because I don't believe that. But it reminds us that we as women have this ability to multiply anything that we have been given. And sometimes we can multiply in a negative way and being reminded of the power that we have prayerfully helps us make positive and healthy and loving decisions so that our create our creativity our ability to create and multiply is one in a positive way that when we give birth to something we're birthing life versus death and when you self-sabotage in sisterhood, you're birthing death. Mm. Okay, well, I made it through that without crying all the way. 
but I love you guys. And I thank you for tuning in with me again. Um, that's it for this Friday. So I guess I'll catch you next week. Same place, same time. And if you don't already know, you got this, sis. Thank you.